Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another special release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts discuss a startup that they did not invest in, why they passed, and if there was a key learning that now informs their approach. Here is the segment called Why I Passed. So on today's special segment, we have John Greathouse of Rincon Venture Partners. John, can you tell us a story about a startup that you were very interested in, but ultimately chose not to invest, and why it was that you passed? Yeah, you know, there's a couple. Um, the one that comes to mind is uh, a company that I really liked the founder until I realized that her husband worked at the company. And I tried to get right with that. Like I tried to rationalize how this could work and I met him and he was a douchebag and I tried to say, well, I know it's a <laughs> douchebag, but, but maybe it'll work. I really tried to talk myself into it. And we just had an edict, um, Jim Andelman, my partner, we have an edict that we just don't do those kinds of deals. Right. And so we passed and sure enough, I talked to the woman, she's actually a wonderful person. I'm not going to name her, but she's a very, skilled entrepreneur. She sold her company. But when I talked to her, she divorced her husband. She said it was a horrible breakup and it really had a big impact on the company. All the things that we were concerned about seemed to have played out. The good news is she did get an exit out of it. And, um, and so she made some money, but I think it was a painful, painful process for everybody. On today's special segment, we have Peter Boyce II of General Catalyst Partners and Rough Draft Ventures. Peter, can you tell us a story about a startup that you passed on, why it was that you passed, and how the situation played out? Yeah, absolutely. So this is, uh, you know, this is uh, one, of my, one of my nightmares is this story. So very early on with Rough Draft, we were thinking through how we were going to hear pitches from teams that were you know, not in, Bo- in the Boston area, so kind of distributed. So whether they're out on the West Coast, Midwest, anywhere else in the country. And so we started to experiment with uh, doing video pitches, so just presentations over Google Hangout. And, you know, we had like the, the projector set up. We had all the Skype IDs and everything set up for this company. And lo and behold, they, you know, we, we start the Google Hangout with the two co-founders pre- presenting. And I don't know what it was, but they just, their internet connection was the absolute worst. Like I've never seen such kind of buggy, jittery video. Uh, it was, you know, an already kind of complicated 
business to try to understand, even if you had a great connection. But with like the bad connection, the frozen video, you know, a few of us were like, oh my gosh, like how do we even, you know, how can we even make sense of this story with this video? But, you know, the entrepreneurs got through the presentation and we had this kind of really incoherent story. And at the end of it, folks just didn't feel like they had come away like inspired and excited enough to, to, to back this team. And it's unfortunate because, you know, the entrepreneurs you know, <laughs> has become one of my best friends. They've oh, become no. an amazing company that is growing and scaling. They brought on amazing, amazing investors. And it was just because of that terrible, you know, internet connection uh, and that choppy video where we just, you know, we couldn't build consensus uh, around uh, investing. So this is uh, one I think I'm going to continue to live to regret passing. <laughs> Bummer. Can you say what the startup was? It's the word. Yeah, it's uh, it's my friend uh, Ryan Shea's company. It's a company called Blockstack Labs. It was originally called One Name. This is a really fascinating company in the blockchain space. Ryan's one of the the Ryan and Munib are two of the the most talented, thoughtful co-founders uh, I've met. You know, their their start has been since invested. You know, in by you know Union Square Ventures and Shanna Fisher. And I'm just so so bummed uh, that you know Rough Draft isn't a part of the story. <laughs> Well, if there's one lesson I've learned from this podcast, it's don't use Google Hangouts because it's, <laughs> it's often very spotty. Oh, it's the worst. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to PacWest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have John Houston. John, can you tell us about why you most often pass on startups for investment? Yeah, this is really deep. I don't like them. I just don't like the the entrepreneur or the co-founders. I don't think they uh, deserve to build wealth personally. It always tickles me, particularly if I've had a a second or third meeting. The three most important words I want to hear, I don't know. I was hoping you could help me figure that out. I don't know. (laughs) It just makes me chuckle when I think how many times entrepreneurs who have such an early idea are incapable of saying, I don't know, too soon. I need help. So that's one flag for me. If I've never heard, I don't know, I usually don't end up liking the person to the extent I think they deserve to build wealth and that they will be successful. Interesting. There's another kick out for me, and that is when somebody makes the blunder 
to brag about they never miss their son's soccer games or their daughter's uh, softball games or whatever. And I usually say, you know, I'm not paying you to be father of the year. And if you think that you can continue your current family life and birth or business, then I think you're going to hit the wall. And there is no business that is worth your ruining your family and marriage. So I don't think you have any grasp of what it feels like to spend three years of uh, 60 to 80 hour weeks and miss most games. And that sounds pretty harsh, but I also think I'm doing them a favor. May not be the best decision for them in that case. Yeah, this is really tough stuff if you've watched people go through it. Total immersion and really lose their families. And this is all they can do. It's just so totally all-consuming. And not a lot of people are up to it. So if I see somebody who I think is delusional, particularly if they've come out of large corporate America and they're middle-aged and they think they can do this with 50-hour weeks, I don't know anybody who's done it with 50-hour weeks. Yeah, it amazes me that the gamut of skills that are required, the amount of time that's required, and sort of the emotional and mental fortitude required is pretty enormous. And it takes a rare person that can go the distance in all those areas. Yeah, I think the key is you've got to get to the point where it's not work. I mean, the definition of work for me is it's only work if you'd really rather be doing something else. And if you'd really rather be at your daughter's uh, volleyball game, then I don't think you're going to be successful because now this is work and it's painful. Three to five years in total immersion. So they've really got to want to do this with their life and they've got to have family members who want to allow them to do it and will do their part too. So those are the two reasons most frequently that I say no. I just don't like the entrepreneur and shudder to think having them in my life for the next three to five years. (laughs) My litmus test is what I want to sit in this board and spend a lot of time with this entrepreneur. And if the answer is no, I don't invest, which isn't to suggest I always want to take the board seat. But if I don't want to take the board seat, why would I invest? And then secondly... I feel very protective, I think is the right word, of people who go into this because they see all the headlines and think they're going to be incredibly successful and have no conception of how difficult this really is and how high the casualty rate is on their health, on their marriage, and on the likelihood that the company will ever give them a meaningful payback. Most of them may not get a return that even meets the minimum wage when it's all done. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen some startups recently that had very successful exits and the founders got nothing. It's called the preference stack. (laughs) Common can kill you. You're right. And that goes back to the original comment I made about exit goal congruence. It's a travesty to lie to these entrepreneurs and not have them understand what their payday can be. We have something, by the way, Nick, we call the payday calculator. And it's just a little Excel spreadsheet that we load in the cap table as it exists today. Then we load in the cap table after the round that we're leading with uh, at least a 10% option pool. And then we will load in through the capital access plan what the additional follow-on capital might be at some guesstimate of uptick, if any, in valuation. And then we just can play around with what the price tags have to look like. We take a million dollars off the top, presuming that's transaction costs and banker's fees. And it's really easy because we can show to an entrepreneur If you follow the capital access plan, if you hit your numbers and you can raise the capital needed, but this company sells for $24 million and uh, transaction costs are a million and you and the co-founder are going to split seven. Is that really good for you? That's really helpful because so many of them haven't really run the numbers. They don't really understand the impact of the preference stack. They do not understand dilution. 
and they just hope that their options will be replenished and their shares replenished with each follow-on round. And unless they really are overperforming, that's unlikely. That will wrap up this installment of Investor Stories. Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. Until next time, remember to overprepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening. 